This morning, talking with Chaz Holder. He is uh, with Holder Wealth Management, investment advisors here in town. Chaz, it's been a while. Good morning. Good morning, Jim. Thanks for having me on today. And uh, uh, yeah, it has been a while. So, uh, uh, you know, how you been? What's been going on? Well, you know, it has. Uh, I took a little break to get through the tax season rush, but certainly glad to be back. Um, you know, I thought I'd take some time this morning to talk generally about some of the macro issues that are affecting recent equity performance. 2019 started off as a strong year for stocks, with most global equity indexes recovering what was lost from that abysmal fourth quarter in 2018. Towards the end of April, most of May, however, stocks have done an about-face, and they've been giving up some of their 2019 gains. And most prominent of the of the macro issues, as I'm sure we are all aware, is the U.S.-China trade battle. Mm-hmm. Uh, what looked like a, a promising agreement collapsed in early May. And naturally, both sides blamed the other for backing out on promises, but the result was a no deal. And then after the no deal, we had additional tariffs that, that ensued both directions. So, so what were some of the promises? I mean, what, what, what were... I guess each side expecting out of this. It's a good question. So, so to China, the U.S. represents its biggest customer by far, and the imposition of tariffs on Chinese goods reduces the demand for those goods, and China China suffers because you know it, it sells less goods. It shrinks its largest customer. For the U.S., China represents the world's second largest economy, but it's really been an unfair playground, for for lack sure. of a better term, for U.S. businesses. And I think at the forefront of U.S. demands are intellectual property protections and more equitable terms as far as market access, access to capital over in China. Um, Right now, U.S. companies have very little protections concerning their intellectual property. Um, And this is a huge disincentive to operate in that country. Uh, The PRC, or Chinese company, can take trade secrets, processes, designs, etc., of a U.S. company. So naturally, U.S. companies, they're, they're reticent to operate in China. Uh, they don't want their own IP to, to be turned around and competed against them. Mm-hmm. Um, Chinese, Chinese companies also receive special subsidies, cheaper capital, other encouragements from their government, and it makes it tough for an outside firm to compete in this environment. So th- think if we were submitting competing bids on a, on a bridge-building project, and I was able to borrow at 3% while you had to borrow at 10%, and I could pay my workers $4 an hour, and you had to pay them Twenty dollars an hour. You right. know, obviously, who would win the project? Exactly. Of, exactly. That, so, so you know, how does all this affect the markets? You know, we hear, you know, the imposing tariffs, and then the next day, markets are down. You know, how, how does this affect the things? That's exactly right. So, so while a U.S.-China uh, trade agreement would certainly benefit U.S. companies and long-term U.S. shareholders, probably consumers, the current trade impasse is actually harmful to consumers. Simple economics explains this as the cost of inputs rise, consumption falls. Mm -hmm. And it's really this falling consumption, or put in another term, slowing growth, that has investors worried. Um, For example, the cost of steel lumber increases, fewer houses are built. Or another example, China is pretty well endowed in rare earth minerals, resources that are necessary to make electronics or military equipment. And the cost of these products increasing will, of course, you know, increase the, um, you know, the, the, the end user product. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fear of slowing growth is a major component of these recent equity declines. Um, and, and like you mentioned, you see it almost immediately. Whenever there's a tweet about a U.S.-China trade dispute or the press leaks some new information, markets react almost immediately. I mean, you can almost predict what kind of day it's going to be in the market based on what tariff news is in the paper that morning. Um, However, stock markets aren't the only harbinger of slowing growth. 
bond yields have, have been declining over this same time period. Um, and this is a result of investors fleeing stocks for the safety of bonds, certainly. But it also has to do with interest rate expectations. And so what are the, the, uh, what are the interest rate expectations? So with this ever-increasing fear of slowing growth, investors in, uh, expect inflation to be minimal and for central banks to continue or expand their easy money policies. Now, this leads to the thinking that central banks will institute rate cuts. And I think the last time I was on uh, wasn't that long ago, but we were talking about the Fed Reserve um, actually having a a rate hike program. So now we're talking about rate cuts. Mm -hmm. um, And we're already seeing this in European markets, some European um, central banks, their government bonds are actually they actually have negative yields, and that is an investor will will pay the government to hold their money for a period of time. So you put the money in, and over time, you you're, you're guaranteed to get less back. That is exactly <laughs> right. Now, now naturally, you wonder why why would an investor yeah. do this? Um, and it has to do with perceived future growth and inflation. If you look at uh, five-year German debt, for example, at the beginning of May, that German debt was maturing at a minus. Mm-hmm. And if investors believe that over that five-year period, economic growth and deflation will actually be, say, a minus 3%, then comparatively, that investor comes out a winner, even with a negative yield bond. Um, additionally, central banks are using negative yields to spur economic growth. As you pointed out, investors don't like the idea of a guaranteed loss. Right. So as an incentive to invest money outside of government bonds, say, private businesses. Governments drop their yields sometime into negative territory. Now, in my opinion, you know, this is really the most troubling part uh, about all of this, is that um, at, you look at the beginning of the, the recent global recovery after the Great Recession, negative yields seemed like significant events. They, were, they weren't unprecedented. We'd, we'd had them in the past, but they were certainly important news. They made headlines when they, when they happened. Um, and without question, lowering yields and this era of easy money really spurred economic growth, and investors benefited from, from that, uh, that decade-long bull run. Mm-hmm. But now, the practice of negative yields is becoming rather commonplace, and probably most concerning, it's not having the impact that it once had, uh, both, inflation, uh, or both on inflation and economic growth. In other words, it was a powerful tool for central banks— um, but it's losing its efficacy. And I believe this is really brought on by a much deeper concern of economic stagnation we're going to see in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, growth concerns really might be so deep that lowering the cost of capital, even to negative yields, is having very little impact. So what does this mean for investors? Well, long term, it means hold on. Um, have a good plan in place that can endure these tough times or the tough times that investors are 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 forecasting, um, and then you can really enjoy the good times. Um, and it's really the only way to efficiently capture the superior returns of equity markets. Now, I hope that we see this end of the trade war soon. I think when we do, U.S. growth will pick right back up. Mm-hmm. Um, I think 2020, though, realistically, is probably the soonest sure. you, you'd see sure, that. Sure, Chaz Holder with Holder Wealth Management. People want in contact, learn more, maybe just you know get a second opinion on their portfolio. How do we get in contact? Absolutely. Give us a call. 398-4015. Holder Wealth Management, we're here in Champaign, and we'd be happy to talk. Thanks for coming in today. Thanks, Jim.